This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House USA, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders in America. My name is Nick Hoadley and I'm the CEO of Insurance Search. We specialize in helping insurance businesses grow and multiply their growth by attracting, recruiting and retaining the highest performing insurance professionals in the country. Each week in the Coffee House, we interview leading insurance business leaders and discover how they achieve their success, learn what advice they have for other aspiring insurance business leaders, and we discover what makes their business an attractive proposition for high-performing talent. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Mike Ross, who is the president and CEO of Insurica. Insurica is an independent and family-owned brokerage headquartered in Oklahoma City, and it's a pleasure to have Mike joining us on the show today. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. Thanks, Mike. It's great to have you joining us. And I'm sure our listeners are looking forward to hearing more about your career and also the work you're doing there at Insurica. So before we do start the main body of our questions today, can I ask you just to give our listeners a little bit more of an insight into your background and your career? Certainly. So I've been with Insurica 35 years out of college I'm probably like everybody else in our business. I did not grow up dreaming of being an insurance broker or even in the insurance business. But out of college, I uh, had the opportunity to interview with the Travelers Insurance Company and was newly married and needed a job. And so not knowing what I was getting into, I took the job with Travelers here in Oklahoma City. I was with them for a couple of years. One of the one of our largest agents in the area was Insurica. And after uh, two years with Travelers, uh, I got the phone call and the opportunity to join Insurica as a, a commercial producer, PNC producer. Did not really uh, know the business that well, but knew that I was more inclined to be on the sales side than I was on the computer installation side. So, and that was, uh, that was 1985 when I joined Insurica and started as a producer. Fantastic. So obviously being with the business an awful long time and you've, you've worked your way out. How's that journey been across that 35? Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Um, I, I, I had, uh, some outstanding mentors uh, when I began. Uh, one in particular, uh, a lady that I had known prior to, uh, was a family friend, and she took me under her wing. And immediately when I started in this new role as a producer, she prodded me and kicked me and moved me along, but um, got me involved in working towards my CPCU. And so I did that quickly. And that kind of set the path that 
one of the things we talk about around here uh, within our firm is being a student of the game. And I, you know, I, I just kind of quickly realized that and there's a lot to learn and it never stops. And so for the first 10 years of, of my career with Insurica, I focused on building a book, growing in that manner. Then in about 1994, 95, um, I was given the opportunity to move into a uh, sales management, business development uh, position. It was a newly developed position for us at the time. And our agency at that time was uh, much smaller and we were going through a rough rough patch at that moment in time. And so I, over the next three or four years, progressed and in 1998 was given the opportunity to come in as president and they haven't gotten rid of me since then. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been able to hold on. I I became CEO in 99, but I was president in 98. Great. And how has the business changed during that time? Our business, as well as the insurance business, has changed dramatically. But it, to, to speak about the changes uh, with Insurica in that time, in the mid-90s, in that 94, 95 time period, we were struggling as a firm. Uh, we, we were not growing and we were not profitable. And it, it, it was a, um, I don't want to paint it as too ugly, but it, it, it was not the prettiest thing <laughs> and just not a lot of fun. And later in the 90s, uh, one, of the, one of the first things that I and our team did, you know, took over the leadership, was, you know, the old strategic planning uh, process. But we just sat down and said, all right, where are we? what can we do to turn this thing around? And we were about 6 million in revenue, six and a half million in revenue at that point in time. And we, we came out with a old mantra goal of 10 by two. And that was, we're going to, we're going to turn this thing around. We're going to grow to 10 million in revenue by the 2002. And that, coincided with us kind of beginning on our acquisition road. And so they're right at the 99, 2000 time period, we were able to uh, make a couple of acquisitions and, and we were able to bring on some new people. So we hit the, um, we hit the, t- the 10 million actually uh, in 2000. And so then we go out and, create this crazy idea of 50 by 10. And uh, that's to hit 50 million in, in gross revenues by 2010, which um, we were able to do a bit early. It's been quite a ride, a lot of growth. We finished 2020 at about 125 million in revenue. And that, that was about 5% growth from the previous year. So we were off a little bit in our growth, but given <laughs> given the year that we all experienced in 2020, we'll take it. Certainly will. Mike, incredible, bold targets there, growth targets, which you've 
not only just achieved, but you've met those targets early along the step of the way. Looking forward now for the business, what's your target going forward over the next few years? <laughs> you uh, slid that in, set me up really well on that. We, we, are, we are announcing, we haven't come out with this internally yet, but within the next two weeks, we are making a big announcement that our new target is 225 by 25. Wow. Um, so, you know, throw those words out there and it seems almost ridiculous to say that we're going to grow 100 million in five years, really less than five years at this point. Yeah. But, but we've been able to do it along the way and I firmly believe we will do this as well. Incredible. Absolutely incredible, Mike. I think that story from where the business was, the, the size of the business, the, the difficulties you're having in the mid-90s, to where the business is now is quite phenomenal, really, and a really interesting story that I'd like to find out more along the way in our interview today. Before we start, though, as we are in the insurance coffee house, I mean, to hit some of those growth figures, you must be powered by some seriously strong coffee in the morning. So what's your <laughs> go-to coffee of choice in the morning, Mike? Oh, that's such a great question. It really is. I'll keep this short, but we moved into a new house seven, six, seven years ago, and it it had a built-in espresso cappuccino coffee machine that we absolutely fell in love with. We've since replaced it with a newer version. So I, I don't consider myself a coffee snob, but I... I love my coffee at home <laughs> and it's, you know, special ground coffee and all that. And we are using, I don't know the name of it because we order it. I have a son that lives in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and uh, we, we have a place there and we, so we travel there frequently and there's a coffee shop that, uh, we buy our coffee beans from that coffee shop and they're espresso, very dry espresso coffee beans. And it makes a fabulous cup of coffee. Ah, oh, fantastic. Love that. Thanks so much for that. I'd like to go back to that time in the, in the 90s there when you moved into your first leadership position. How did you find that transition from your previous role, which was as a producing broker? It was... You know, given the situation we were in with, you know, not growing and not making money, I I certainly felt the pressure of that. Uh, I I felt the pressure that the our ownership group and our board was very, very supportive. And though they were supportive and patient, it, it did not remove the pressure that I felt. And. I think added to that, I was 38 years old at the time. So I'm suddenly, you know, the call me the boss or whatever, but I'm the I'm leading this uh, organization. And some of the people that I'm leading were uh, responsible for hiring me, were my <laughs> leaders and my managers previously. So that was a that was a, a difficult transition was accepting the fact that I have this responsibility, but also appreciating the fact that I don't know, I don't have all the answers and I need everyone's help here. But I, again, I, I mentioned it earlier. I, 
there there is no way that I could have made it through that time period without the mentors and the support uh, of the people around me. Great. Having to lead the people who previously were, were leading you, I think, can be quite a challenge, I think, in any any senior role, any any leadership role. And it, it's a really a two-way process. And I think sometimes it depends on their attitude and whether they're prepared to work with you. It sounds like you had a good two-way relationship with, with, with those guys. Yeah, I did. I, you know, the, anytime you deal with people, there, there are going to be issues that come up. And that, that was probably my biggest struggle, frankly, uh, early on. Well, and, and even today, it's, it, it's a challenge for all leaders is you, you have to make the tough decisions and, and you have to have some tough conversations at times. But being, being able to do that without it becoming personal and being able to do it with, you know, some compassion and some patience. And so I, I didn't have to encounter a lot of that early on over the years. I've, you know, we've all had our share of those fun events, but it, I did have a lot of support and really um, I look back on it and I, I can't imagine what some of these folks thought, you know, the 38 year old, young whippersnapper that's talking crazy about doubling the size of the company and here's what we got to do and all that. But I never felt like they were uh, standing behind me laughing about it. I, I always felt their support. We took you seriously. And yeah, and, and look where you've come from, 6 million up to 125. In that period, what would you say has been your biggest achievement today? Well, I've, I've been asked particularly by people maybe outside the industry, uh, what do you do? What's your, what's your role? And um, the best way I can describe it is uh, I've, I feel like my number one job is uh, being the keeper of the culture. From, from an achievement standpoint, as I look back, for us to go from 100 people and you know, 6 million revenue to 650 people and 125 million revenue that's come through a lot of acquisitions and bringing on new people to me the i guess the shining achievement uh, of our organization is that we have not lost our culture in that process and um, we are i consider us to be very unique and even blessed because Though we are a you know regional broker and a decent size broker, and we have the resources that come from that and the opportunities that come from that, we we operate as a very very tight knit community, and so that that to me is you know I've, I've really tried to focus on building and maintaining this culture of community. And have you ever had a time in your career where you were maybe? overlooked for a position or have you had any opportunities in your leadership career that didn't work out how did you go about dealing with that great question yes i was i was younger it was when it was a few years earlier than what i've been speaking of in my mid 30s and i was approached person that had been president of our agency for all the, we, we found, we were founded in 1959. And so he was president up until uh, mid nineties. He had announced his retirement. And so our company hired a consultant to help 
do a search for his replacement. And I was a producer at the time. I mean, you know, I, I had certainly voiced my interest in moving into a leadership role. So, you know, that, that wasn't a surprise. But I, I was approached by that consultant, that outside person, and interviewed, went through an interview process. I knew in my heart that I was too young and inexperienced, but I also couldn't resist the urge and the, and the, the, the temptation of, man, what if this happens? What, what, what if this comes through? Sure enough, I, I was not selected and um, it was not earth shattering to me, but it, it, it made me take a step back. And I, I think going through that process and if you want to call it the disappointment uh, that it didn't work out, it, it wasn't a major disappointment, but that disappointment really fueled me and, and made me realize well, here's some things I need to work on. You know, if I want to be in the right position, if this ever develops again, I need to, I need to focus on these different things. And so I, it was a learning process. Very helpful. I think throwing your hands to the ring for positions, which maybe we're not quite ready for, but it's, it's such a great learning experience for, for when we are ready. I'm sure you would. It is. Yeah, gained a lot of knowledge about the little areas that you might need to work on or gain some more experience in. And we always encourage our, our candidates or some of the executives that we work with, you know, go for those positions, you know, learn from it, and, you know, go into it wholeheartedly. But if it doesn't work out, that's a great learning experience for Exactly, you know, exactly. You're on the radar, right? So they know that that's what you're looking yeah. for, aspiring. Yeah, it, it, it put me on the radar, but it, it also... Because I got feedback after the process was complete. One of the good things about them using an outside consultant, you know, he posts decision meetings with the people that were involved in the process. Mm-hmm. And he shared with me the good and the, the, the good and the bad. You know, here, right. here here's why we looked at you as a candidate, but here's why we don't feel like you're there right now. And man, you know, great learning experience. Absolutely. Awesome. Mike, if we can now move into to the present day with the business, how are you guys using technology or digital change to really help and exceed your customers' expectations at the moment? So three years ago, we embarked on a innovation process. And th- this was company-wide. It wasn't just uh, uh, the leadership team. And so since that time, uh, where we are today, we, we have a full-time CIO, VP of Innovation. Yeah. And under, his name's Jeff Nichols, and he's just doing a fabulous job. But under his leadership, we have a program we call Insurica Next. And Insurica Next is our, it's kind of the category that various projects fall under. And so we are beta testing, evaluating, digging into the new InsureTech things that may have application to a broker. We also participate in a um, InsureTech fund as an investor. And that gives us the opportunity to kind of get 
at the table as these new ideas of products and innovative things are being developed and, and we can get in early on in those areas. And then I, I guess finally, the, and, and most specifically, we developed a, an online agency that is part of Insurica and it's called Insurica Express. And we have about 30 people that work through Insurica Express, and we are providing small businesses with PNC, employee benefits, and hopefully soon to come even personal lines through uh, an online relationship. And that has just been phenomenal to watch. We've got about seven or eight million in revenue that on an annual basis that runs through this small business operation. And we're attracting small business owners all over the United States. But we are also using Insurance Express as our internal small business hub. So we've got 30 branches, regular retail insurance branches that it's always been a struggle for how, how do we how do we handle the small business? I mean, you know, extremely challenging. And so we have, through a phased approach, moved those small accounts to Express and they're handled uh, in that manner. And then, you know, the 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 final piece of that is uh, we we acquired a firm called Broker Source and they complement what we're doing in Express on the employee benefits side. So we now feel like we have a, you know, the one-stop shop opportunity for the small business owner. Awesome, Mike. I think some of these initiatives and businesses that you're building within Insurica really leading the way. Given that you're, you are sort of looking ahead, what, what do you see as those major challenges for insurance executives over the next few years? And how would you say that they should adapt to be successful in these times we're trying it, it, it's a it's an everyday effort there's no doubt about it especially for old guys like me that <laughs> pretty comfortable the way things have always been you know I, I what i would say as far as you know we look ahead and see the major challenges and how, how we address those one thing is that our overall goal is that that we want to be able to relate with, communicate with, interact with the client in the method they want to interact. So, you, you know, you picture the, we use a term called humology, mm. and we, you picture this humology scale where on the far side is 100% human touch, kind of the old way. And then on the far other side is 100% technology, you know, right. Amazon. And we have clients, and it may be that we have people within that same client's office that prefer heavy, heavy human touch or prefer don't mess with me, just send it to me, you know, chronically, and we can deal with it all through technology. And so it's a continual focus for us is to be able to, we don't want to tell our clients you have to do it with us this way. We want to tell them, how do you want to do it? We can interact that way. 
not only can we, we'll make it a good experience. So that, that to me, that's one of the challenges is our, our industry is, you know, we're, we're, we're somewhat stayed and fixated on this is how we do things. And the, today's customer is saying, I'm going to find somebody that does it the way I want to do it. I, I think the other challenge is, you know, our, our industry, definitely in the United States, our industry is aging. Um, you look at you look at leadership across the board, and really, really is an aging void of leadership. My concern, but also my encouragement for others, is we've got to be building the day for tomorrow. We cannot leave it like this, you know. And, and so, make the investment in the people, in the in the resources in the innovation for this to be viable for years to come yeah you're certainly living and breathing that mike i I love the fact you're truly adapting to meet your clients needs so putting the ball in their court and seeing what they want and not telling them how they should buy their insurance being adapted to, to, to them so it's fantastic we now turn to the espresso round now mike as the questions are short sharp and straight to the point so I know you'd like your espresso coffee beans from over at your son's place in Idaho. So are you ready for the espresso round? I am. The espresso round. Mike, what are the characteristics about Insurica which make it such a great place to work at? We are a uh, connected community. And that connection is between us, the company, our clients, our carrier partners and our colleagues. We are a community of uh, collaboration and a community of celebration. We like to have fun. We we enjoy winning and we enjoy growing, and uh, we make no bones about it. If we're going to spend the better parts of our lives working together. Let's make it fun. Let's ha- let's have have a good time and, and celebrate things as we go. Absolutely, absolutely. And what opportunities do you provide? to high-performing insurance professionals who might be looking for that next stage in their career or that, that next opportunity? We have a, a, it's a name only, but we have Insurica University. We actually, we have uh, modules and programs that are part of, and we have, we have a few full-time trainers and, and such. Within the Insurica University is a division that is our leadership development area. And we have partnered with a firm, uh, Insight Performance Group, uh, Larry Lenny, that sure many folks know his name. And currently, we have about 15 of our young emerging leaders that are going through a three-year leadership development program that's, that's been built and is led by Insight Performance Group. And it, it, it's very, very in-depth and goes deep into, you know, how do you run an insurance firm? <laughs> as well as, you know, here are leadership characteristics and how to be the best leader. We, we also have similar program for our operational leaders. And we have about 10 people that are going through a similar program that's also provided by Insight. And then the final thing I'll tell you is that, and we just started this last year in 2020, our CFO 
Ed Young leads this and headed this up. We've got about 10 people that are currently in leadership positions that have raised their hand and said, I want to do what I can to provide mentoring. And so we have about 10 situations where it's a one-on-one organized mentoring process that these young leaders are, are participating in. That's fantastic. I know a lot of global, a lot of large corporate insurance businesses might offer similar opportunities to to learn management and, and leadership, but it very rarely happens at independent businesses in a sort of mid-market area. So that's incredible opportunity for someone. Yeah, and I don't belabor it, but, but I, I think the thing I'm maybe most proud of is that these guys that raised and ladies that raised their hands to say, I, I, I want to do this. They're not being paid for that. It's not, it's not, has nothing to do with compensation. It's because they understand that they've been recipients of that. And, and, you know, they have an opportunity to pay it forward uh, into the future. So really cool. That connective collaborative culture that, that yes. you're talking about. It's a great example of that. Mike, what what are the skills, the behaviors that you look for and demand in new executives or new insurance professionals when when joining your firm? A couple of quick answers here. Uh, we we have three core values that we promote and, and talk about, and those are integrity, purpose, and innovation. That's built into any filter that we might use in, in evaluating executives or leaders. But beyond those, the three most important characteristics that, that I look for personally, one is passion. You know, if, if someone's going to take on a, a leadership role, I, I want them to want it, <laughs> live it and breathe it. The second is communication. Uh, it can be an overused word, but we talk often around here, you cannot over-communicate. You just cannot over-communicate. And I think the, the final thing, and it's hard to, it's hard to measure, but humility. Really, I would prefer that we have people that are not asking the question, you know, what's in it for me? Uh, recognizing it's not about me. Keeping that culture going as you grow. What would you say is the largest challenge you face when attracting new talent or what can the frustrations be sometimes with the recruitment process? What comes to mind, Nick, is that I don't know how to to find or filter for the it factor, which leads to the next question. Well, what's the it factor? Well, that's part of the problem is I've certainly seen it and I, we have people on our team, they have the it factor, but it is so hard in a recruiting process, an interview process, a testing process. You know, and we do all the testing and interviewing and really, really try to be diligent through that process. It is extremely difficult to know, do they have it? You know, do they, do they have it? And then, um, you know, I'd say secondly is I'm, I'm real bad about, falling in love too quick. <laughs> and so I, I'm always reminding myself, I need to listen to my gut. I need to, you know, 
I need to listen to my gut and I need to remain objective. These, these decisions are way, way too important to take them lightly. I think an awful lot of insurance executives will share that same challenge. You know, we've all, we've all got our guts and we our gut feeling. You, you can make your mind up very quickly in an interview, almost that first initial conversation you have with someone. Right. It's important to go through the, through the process and, you know, really find out about that person and dig very deep. Last question in the espresso round, Mike, if there are any insurance executives out there considering their next move at the moment, what would your advice be to them? Well, it, 2020 proved anything. It's the insurance business, the insurance brokerage business is an absolutely fantastic business. We, we all have customers who really were taken to their knees because of everything that we went through last year. And, you know, we're kind of on the other side of it now. And I look back and I it's just, I, I am absolutely amazed that not only that we survived, but that we actually grew and mm. prospered through that. So my advice would be, go for it. This is a fabulous opportunity. I would encourage them, you know, be a student of the game, pour yourself into it, give it all you got. It's well worth it. Certainly is, Mike. I actually think that's been one of the good things to come out of the pandemic has been the insurance industry's ability to adapt and to ride through the storm and come out the end stronger. I think as uh, a lot of businesses have posted really strong numbers, I know certainly brokerages have on the carrier side as well. They they've held pretty firm against a lot of other industries, like you say, that have been badly affected. So hopefully that can help us attract other more diverse talent in the future as they see. Yes, I agree. Brilliant, Mike. We've almost reached the end of our time together today in the Insurance Coffee House USA. But before we go, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And how would they go about contacting you after the show? As far as any kind of closing advice, we're going to pull through this. You you and I were visiting earlier about it's great to see things start to come back. And let, let, let's all hang in there. We're, we're about there. We're going to pull through this. As far as how anyone could reach me, my, uh, my email is mross at insurica.com. And then our website is insurica.com. And ample opportunity to learn more about us there. And, and I would welcome anyone reaching out. That'd be great. Fantastic. I'm sure they will. And we'll be sure to put your email and contact details on the show notes. So I'll okay, be- click straight through to you. No problem at all. Mike, thank you so much for your time today. I think it's been a really interesting conversation. I've certainly found your experience and the, the dramatic growth journey that you've been on since, since uh, taking the leadership at Insurica. So interesting and inspiring. And I'm sure a lot of leaders out there will be inspired by your journey. So thank you. Thank you, Nick. I, and and hats off to you and Insurance Search. Uh, this is a this is a great idea, a great podcast, and I look forward to being a a regular listener uh, in in the days to come. So thank you very much. Fantastic, Mike. That's brilliant. We'll welcome you aboard with open arms. And to all the other insurance business leaders out there listening today, whether you're based in the United States or internationally, thank you for listening and. We're sure you would have gained a lot of insights from Mike today.
Like I always say, though, if you do enjoy the show, please remember to subscribe on your podcast app so that you get each of our new episodes into your inbox each week. So until next time, I've been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House USA. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.